0: in the book of Judges, and uh, it, it, it shows that Israel really was a mess during that time, and God rose up during those messes, even during times when there was confusion, and, 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 and every, in fact, the, the phrase that's used over and over again in Judges, in the book of Judges, is every man did that which is right in his own eyes. But what God did during that time is always raise up someone who could who could set the standard and raised him up as a judge to to set things right in Israel. And we're going to take a look at one of those one of those judges tonight. His name is Jephthah, and uh, the title of my message this evening is "Responding to Circumstances Beyond Our Control." Uh, all of us have circumstances and situations that come into our lives that we, we can't control. Uh, we, we, we didn't ask for it. Uh, we didn't purposefully necessarily walk into it. Uh, but God allowed it to come across our path. And there's a right way to handle those things. And there are wrong ways to handle those things. And Jephthah did a little of each. He did some some things that were right, but then he also did some things that were rather foolish. And we're going to look at those things tonight. Let's all stand together, if you would. Judges chapter 11. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, let them look on with you. And we'll read the first eight verses. Judges chapter 11, verse 8 says, Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, and he was the son of an harlot, and Gilead begat Jephthah. And Gilead's wife bare him sons, and his wife's sons grew up, and they thrust out Jephthah, and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit in our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brethren and dwelt in the land of Tob. And there were gathered vain men to Jephthah, and went out with him, and it came to pass in process of time, that the children of Ammon made war against Israel. And it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to fetch Jephthah out of the land of Tob. And they said unto Jephthah, come and be our captain, that we may fight with the children of Ammon. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, did not ye hate me and expel me out of my father's house? And why are ye come? Uh, unto me now when ye are in distress. And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, therefore we turn again to thee now, that thou mayest go with us and fight against the children of Ammon, and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, it's good to be in your house with your people this evening. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity and the freedom that we have in this country, to still assemble freely and to worship our God. We pray, Father, that, that you would uh, work in this service. May you take the word of God and apply it as only you can do. Father, any time a preacher gets up and preaches your word, uh, Lord, we, we, have a, we have a task to just be faithful. And it's our job to be faithful. It's your job. To take the word of God and apply it to hearts is only you can do. We can't do that. We can't see the hearts of men, but you can. So God, please minister to hearts and take the word of God and use it. Speak to hearts tonight. And God, as you speak to our hearts, may we respond to you and may we do so in a favorable way that as you speak to our hearts, we'll say yes to you for it's in Jesus' name that we pray and all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Jephthah's birth uh, was an unwanted one, and the, the reason why is because he was the son of a harlot, and his brothers rejected him. Now, one of the things that, that I find that just kind of jump out at me, in fact, as I was reading it, I, I realized it again, that uh, regardless of what your background is, regardless of what negative circumstances might be in your life in the past... God can still take you and he will take you and use you because it's not you that determines the, the outcome. It's God who determines the outcome. And it's not what's in your past, but what you do with your future and how you, how you present yourself to him. Uh, you know, you might have a lot of things that, that you have struggled with up to this point. But understand that God wants you from this day forward to trust him. And to believe in him, and to go forward for him, and and uh, that was the case with Jephthah. His brothers rejected him, and Jephthah fled, and he hung out with the wrong crowd. Now that was the wrong decision that he made, but but God God turned that around and and used him in spite of it. Uh, the elders of Gilead approached him to be their leader when the when the Ammonites made war with them, and they they. They felt that they were inadequate. They felt they needed a leader. They saw, you know, God said that he was a mighty man of valor. And uh, obviously they saw the fact, the elders of Gilead saw that he was a mighty man of valor, so approached him and asked him if he would help. Look down in in verse 9, if you would. It says, Jephthah said unto the elders elders of Gilead when they approached him on, on being the leader... If you bring me home again to fight against the children of Ammon and the Lord deliver them before me, shall I be your head? Now, he gave credit for, for the future uh, victory that, that uh, he believed that God was going to give me. He says, Listen, if God gives victory, uh, will you make me the head? The first part of, of that statement is a good part. He's given God the victory. He's given God the glory. He's given God the honor. This, and, and that's because he was a man of faith. Keep your finger here and, and uh, take your Bibles and turn back to the book of Hebrews. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. There are many examples that are given in the book of Hebrews of, of men and women of faith... And over and over again, in, in some cases, he expands on those things and, and gives one verse, sometimes two, three, four, five verses that explain the faith that individuals had. But you go down, if you go down with me to Hebrews eleven thirty-two, 32. Toward the end of the chapter, he says, And what shall I, I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets. And so he was included in the, the Faith Hall of Fame as a man who had faith. He, he did make a foolish vow. He, he uh, uh, may have done some things improperly, but he believed God, and that means a lot, in, in, uh, particularly in the day and age when every man did that which was right in his own eyes, Jephthah stood out as being different. And he was different because he said, listen, I believe God, and I'm going to trust God. And if we get a victory, it won't be me. It'll be God that'll give the victory. Um, Jephthah, Jephthah uh, knew some things. He, he uh, uh, knew God's word, and he knew the history Of the Jewish people, if you look with me down in verse uh, twenty-three of Judges eleven, it says, "So now the Lord God of Israel hath dispossessed the Amorites from before his people of Israel, and shouldest thou possess it, Uh, the Lord dispossessed the Amorites because they had refused to let Israel go through their land years before when they were going through the wilderness." And when he, when he uh, uh, was given that position of leadership, Jephthah tried to appease the Ammonites. Uh, they refused that, that appeal because they, they claimed that Israel stole their land. Israel did not steal the land. God gave them the land, and God made that very, very clear and very plain. However, what Jephthah did that was wrong was that in his, in his quest to being accepted by his brethren, by, by his, his peers, uh, to, to, to be looked at in a favorable light because he had been looked at in such a, in such a, a negative light before because of his background, he made a foolish vow. And if you'll, you'll take your Bibles, look in chapter 11 down in verses thirty. And 31, verses 30 and 31, it says, And Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, and this is before the battle, he said, If thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon into mine hands, then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me, When I return in peace from the the children of Ammon, shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. Now, he didn't say a sacrifice. If he said a sacrifice, you'd have some wiggle room there. But he didn't say sacrifice. He said burnt offering. In other words, what he's saying is is that the very first thing comes out of uh, his house it, when God gives the victory, he will offer that to the Lord. Now, again, um, why would you say something like that? Well, you say, boy, that, that's not very smart. That's not very, that's not very wise. When you want acceptance more than you want to please the Lord, and I believe he wanted to please the Lord, and I believe he did have faith. I believe he did believe God. All of that is evident, but he let that one thing, that rejection that had come into his life, he let that step forward and he let that rule his decisions. Boy, anytime we let acceptance, and I see that going on, I see that going on all over in Christianity today, where because every man's doing that which is right in his own eyes and we don't want to, to look out of step with the rest of society, we, we are careful with what we say and what we do and how we present ourselves. And I understand there is a certain amount of tact that we need to have and so forth. Uh, we shouldn't be, you know, trudging through like bulls in a sh- china shop all the time. But there is a time where you just need to take a stand and, and have a desire in your heart more to please God. When, when wanting to please God is greater than any other desire that's in your heart, then it'll show up, and you'll make wise decisions. But anytime it's pushed off to the side, and anything gets in the way and takes the lead, that's, that's when we can have some real problems. Now, there's a lot of... I, I know those of you who went, and many of you did have gone to Bible college, and one of the things that uh, they bring up in Bible college is the last part of, of the, the chapter. If you look with me, look with me just at the end of uh, chapter 11. It says, uh, let's see, go to, go to verse uh, 34. And Jephthah came to Mizpah unto his house, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him with timbrels and with dances, and she was his only child. Beside her, he had neither son nor daughter. So when he had finished the battle, uh, she was the first thing to come out of the house. And it came to pass when he saw her that he rent his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me very low, and thou art one of them that trouble me, for I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. And she said unto him, my father, if thou hast opened thy mouth unto the Lord, do to me according to that which which hath proceeded out of thy mouth, for as much as the Lord hath taken vengeance for thee of thine enemies, even of the children of Ammon. And she said unto her father, let this thing be done for me. What's she talking about? Making her a burnt offering. You say, you mean to tell me that that's that's what he did? Look down at verse 39. And it came to pass at the end of two months that she returned unto her father who did with her according to his vow, which he had vowed. And she knew no man, and it was a custom in Israel. If he did to her what was according to his vow, his vow was to offer her as a burnt offering. You say, "That's, that's terrible. It was. You say, that, that, that was a foolish thing to vow. It was. And the truth of the matter is there was, there was stipulations in the law that if he had known the law, he could have gotten out of that, that foolish vow. And, uh, and, and yet he did not know those things, and so he, he went ahead and he was, he was a man that was true to his word. There are a lot of things about Jephthah that are, that are good and that are right, But what he did was he let some desires. He let desire, a desire to be accepted, to jump into the forefront. And that is what led him to that foolish vow. You know, again, uh, make sure that pleasing God is first and foremost in your life. Make sure that there's nothing that gets in the way of, of being pleasing to the Lord, you might have some other desires, but push those desires off to the side and allow the desire to serve God and serve God alone to be in the, in the forefront. And, uh, in the, in the whole process, he let his lack of acceptance get in the way. And, and of course he made that foolish vow and ended up having to, to make the sacrifice. Um, Failure to give things to God that are out of our hands will affect our judgment, and it will affect our discernment. All of us have things that come into our lives, every one of us, that are out of our hands, that are out of our control. Uh, there are things that are often things that, that we don't like. He had no control over the fact that uh, he was born of a harlot. He had no control uh, over the fact that uh, uh, his brothers rejected him. In fact, that there were some there were some things that that he had to deal with that were negative. For instance, number one, it says that he was born of a harlot. So that means his parents were immoral. Well, you know what? That has no- that has nothing to do with his decisions. He it was out of his hands. Uh, his parents made a decision, and therefore he found himself as an illegitimate child. Uh, because of this, he was, he was born out of wedlock, but that was out of his control. He had cruel brothers. Look back at chapter 11. Look back at, in verse 2. And Gilead's wife bare him sons, and his wife's sons grew up, and they thrust out Jephthah, and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit in her father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. Now, is that what they should have done? No. <laughs> they did wrong. They did wrong. And and yet he did not have any control over that. By the way, uh, you're going to have people that are going to treat you ill that are going to do things that are wrong that you have absolutely no control over. But here's what you do have control over, how you respond to them. And just because they're wrong doesn't give you the right to do wrong in return. It's never right to do wrong, period, (laughs) period. That's all there is to it. There's never right to do wrong. I I have watched over the years, and I've had a little of it in my own life, but honestly, I've seen more injustices in the lives of others than I've really seen even in my own life. And I I have watched uh, folks that have been lied about, uh, that have been treated poorly, uh, that, that uh, really did not deserve the kind of treatment that they got. But then I've watched some of those folks not handle it right and get bitter and get angry and just really uh, allow that thing to encompass their, their hearts and minds And control everything they did and everything they said. Uh, I don't care what it is that's come into your life. I don't care who it is that has that has treated you wrongly, you never have the option with God, you never have the option of responding wrongly. And if you respond wrongly, there'll be consequences. And that's part of what really of what Jephthah was up against because he responded wrongly with a foolish vow and he ended up suffering the consequences because of it. Another thing that he had to deal with was uh, he, he inherited uh, some moral weaknesses. You know, uh, because, because the Bible talks about the fact that the sins and the iniquities of the fathers are passed on to the third and the fourth generation. In other words, those tendencies that our fathers did are tendencies that are passed on to us. Now, what that does not mean is that you're held captive by those tendencies. It does not mean that uh, that you therefore have an excuse if you follow in those same footsteps. What it does mean is is that you you've got a little bit of a heads up. You know, I I know the the, the struggles and the the problems and the iniquities and the sins of my family in the past and my, 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 uh, my, my father and my mother and, and then my grandfather and my grandmother, uh, I know some of those things. All right, that doesn't give me an excuse to say, well, that's why I've got the problems that I've got today. No, what that is is that's a heads up so that you can combat that thing and you can make sure your heart's in the right place so that God gets the honor and the glory. Um, when he was rejected by his brothers, rather than allowing God to, to humble him and to accept the grace and the strength that God would give him, he fled. He fled from, from his family, and he ended up going to vain men, worthless people, and uh, in the land of Tob. And he fled. He, he, cavorted with the wrong people. Well, when you do that, you're going you're to think the wrong ways. And you're going to take on some of their ways. And that's exactly what happened with Jephthah. And then the, the last thing that he had to deal with is he had to deal with troublesome times. Again, every man was doing that which was right in his own eyes in the land of Israel. Um, he had no control over that. You know, uh, there have been things over the last recent months and recent weeks and even recent days that have, uh, have happened not only in our country but only also in our state. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I've said this kind of jokingly but kind of not uh, because of the new gun laws that are, are uh, coming out. Well, have already come out. They were enacted as of, I think it was Friday. Uh, it, it's illegal to carry a gun on church property. You know what I really hope? I hope that criminals pay attention to the law, don't you? You know, so that, so that they won't bring a gun to a church property. Uh, you know, I, I, I told some of our guys, I says, uh, and I, I said it jokingly, but I said, maybe we need to have, a, have a, uh, an activity after Sunday night service where we, we gather together and paint targets on each other's backs because that's exactly what, 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 what that law does. It's a horrible law. Guess what? Um, you know, I, I have no control over that. You have, no, now we do when it comes to the ballot box and we, we go and we, we vote the way that we should. But as far as once they're in office and once they start doing things, there's not much we can do. But you know what? We can respond properly. And and always that's what God requires of us. We can't determine all of the circumstances. Those things that we do, we can, but those things that we don't do, we can't. And he was living in troublesome times. There was war with the Ammonites. Uh, he didn't choose that. But God used him and raised him up to be a mighty man of valor to give Israel victory. Uh, Jeff is Focus on those who rejected him caused him to desire honor more than he desired pleasing God. If you look in chapter 11, look down in verse 7, it says, And Jephthah said unto the elders of Israel, Did not ye hate me and expel me out of my father's house? And why are ye come unto me now when you are in distress? And then drop down to verse 11. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Israel and the people made him head and captain over them and Jephthah uttered all his words before the Lord in Mizpah. Um, what is it that you desire the most? What, what are the desires that, that guide and direct you? Is it relief from difficulty or is it pleasing God? There'll be times when God will have you go through really tough times and if we're not careful we'll try to manipulate the circumstances and the situation and and try to take control of the uncontrollable ourselves that's a dangerous place to be that's a dangerous place to be and you you don't you don't want to be there Uh, truth of the matter is he did believe God for the victory over the Ammonites but he took a promotion into his own hands and said, "Listen, if I, if I get the victory, will you make me head? Will you do that for me?" Uh, he, he was more, uh, He was more interested in getting acceptance from his brethren. He did not like the the, the attitude that they had uh, toward him before. And he was more concerned about that than he really was in pleasing God. So, so how should we respond? What do we do with difficult things that come into our life that we have to deal with? How are, what are some things we can do to make sure that when those difficult times come, we will respond right? Because it's always our responsibility to have the right response, regardless of what's dealt with us. First of all, you can change what you can change. If you can change something, do so. If it's within your power to do so and it doesn't violate any scriptural principles, help yourself. Go ahead and do it. Uh, for instance, if, if, uh, if, if I was a slob, if I was a sloppy dresser, okay, and I've met people that are sloppy dressers. Uh, I remember a fellow once. I remember this is years ago back in back in Rochester shortly after I got saved. Uh, we would have handshaking in the morning just like what we do here, and uh, I can remember watching this guy. He was a teenager at the time, and he'd be walking down the aisle, and he'd go, and then he'd go, "Hi, how are you?" <laughs> you know. Ugh. You, you can change that, okay you don't have to let you say well i wasn't trained right well, you can learn okay uh, and and you can you can do things right uh, jephthah's, jephthah's agreement to lead Israel changed the situation with the Amorites now should he have done it? Yes, yes, he should have uh, should he have sought a position as a result of it should he have made a a vow that was a foolish vow no he shouldn't have done those things but the things that he could change he 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 should have and he did when when they approached him about the thing uh, he said okay so so change what you can and if it's within your control then go ahead and do something about it secondly accept what you can't change in, in circumstances and with the, the ways that others treat you and, and see what it is that God is trying to accomplish in your life. We looked at a passage of scripture this morning over in, uh, in fact, we started the message with it, 2 Peter chapter 1. And in 2 Peter 1, it's, it talks about eight things that God wants us to continually add to our lives. Those eight things are faith and virtue and knowledge and temperance and patience and godliness, brotherly kindness, and charity. Oftentimes, those negative things that come into our lives come into our lives so we can work on those, on one or many of those eight things. In other words, there's a purpose for it. Uh, God wants to fine tune us, God wants to knock some rough edges off. Accept what you can't change, but don't just say, okay, I can't can't change this situation. No, respond properly and and see what it is that God is trying to do in your life uh, in order to to make you more like him. Then the third thing that we can do is to trust that God will work those things out for his honor and for his glory. Uh, Go with me over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And most of you know exactly where I'm going, so just go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And you know, I've heard people say, well, yeah, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. That's easy for you to say if you're, you're not going through a difficulty, and I am, and then you throw that at me. Well, no, it's a biblical principle, and it is true that all things do work together for good, and uh, sometimes we need to be reminded. Now, sometimes those that remind us of those things don't do so very well, uh, and they need to get some of that uh, fine-tuned. But you know what my responsibility is? Is to accept that all things work together for good. Look at verse 28. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now, there's two things that we see there. We see God's responsibility and we see our responsibility. God's responsibility is to work all things together for good. And it says, we know uh, that all things work together for good. He's saying, listen, it's, it's a fact. Uh, God brought that into your life not to hurt you, but to help you. Not to make you bitter, but to make you better. But But understand that not only does God have a responsibility of working that for good, but we have a responsibility. And the two things that it talks about there is loving God and then just believing that those things are true and trusting God. We need to love the Lord in, in those circumstances and situations and then we need to trust God that he will uh, cause all things to work together for good. And then the, the, the fourth thing that we can do is to be thankful, to thank God in all circumstances for all things. Uh, those things that I cannot be thankful for are the things that can turn to bitterness. Those things that I can't go back and thank God for that are negative things that are in my life. If I don't see God's hand in it, I'll have a tendency to turn to anger. I'll have a tendency to turn to envy. I'll have a tendency to turn to jealousy. I'll have a tendency to envy the wicked. Uh, you, find, you find that, that uh, uh, concern in the, the, the hearts of many of the psalmists when they wrote some of the Psalms and talked about envying the wicked. And, and uh, it's, it's a natural thing to do, but you gotta, you got to nip it in the bud and realize that the reason why, the reason why I'm, I'm doing that is because I have not thanked God for the negative thing that has come into my life. You can't control things. You can't control all circumstances. You, can't con- you certainly can't control other people. You know, one of the, one of the uh, great revelations, and it took me years. I'm a little bit on the slow side, okay, so forgive me. But uh, it took me years to figure out that I can't change anybody except for me. I can change me. I can't change you. Now, I can help you. I can encourage you. I can show you things. I can reprove and rebuke and exhort with long-suffering but I can't change anybody except for one person. I can change me. And one of the ways you can do that is by being thankful to God for what he's allowed to come into your life and for the people. You know, I, I, I realize there's some, there's some folks you're thankful for and there's some other folks that when you think of them, you grit your teeth a little bit. I understand that. But you know what? Those people that you grit your teeth over are there for a purpose just as much as the people that you get a smile on your face for whenever their, their name or the thought of them comes into your mind. So understand that, that uh, we need to be thankful for all circumstances and all people. And then the last thing is to just to give your body to God for his service. Now, that's one of the things that Jephthah did. You know, he, he gave himself to the service of God In order to defeat the Ammonites, and and uh, he was willing to do whatever was necessary in order to see the victory. Go take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter twelve, and with this we'll close. And of course, this is also the the uh, part of the the verse, the, the scripture passage for the month. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. In other words, God has been so good and God has been so merciful to us that we ought to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, uh, uh, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. All of us have, have uncontrollable, unwanted sometimes things that come into our lives. How you respond to those things, how you respond to those circumstances, how you respond to those people is very, very important. Again, it is never right to get angry and to get bitter over adverse circumstances that have come into your life. It is, is never right to respond wrong. And the thing that has to, during that whole process, the thing that has to be in the forefront of your desires is not how can I please others? How can I right this situation? That should not be number one. Number one ought to be how can I please others? How can I honor, how can I glorify God in this circumstance and situation? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, this evening, we, we thank you for things that you have brought into our lives. We, we look back and we can see things that are favorable. We can th- see things that are difficult. We can things, see things that are adverse. All of us have those things, but God, what is so absolutely important is that we understand that they all came from you. The stuff that we call good came from you, the stuff that we call difficult and adverse and, and uh, affliction, that came from you too. And how we respond to those things makes all the difference in the world. Thank you for Jephthah. Thank you for the, the example that he gave to us of being faithful, of 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 believing that you could give him the victory. Uh, He had a lot of of negatives in his life and he didn't handle all of them well. May May we learn from the things that he didn't handle well and may we also learn from the things that he did handle well. And may we follow him in his example of faith. Just the fact that you put his name, even though it was toward the end, You put his name in Hebrews chapter 11. Really says volumes about the the character and the love and the faith that he had for you. Lord, he had a lot of reasons uh, not to serve you because of negative things that had happened in his life. But he didn't let those things control him. Now, some of those things did get to the forefront and start steering the car. And that's, that's, that's not good. And when he, when he allowed that to happen, that's when he got in trouble. Lord, help us to see tonight that our response to you in all things is so vital and so important. Work in, work in our hearts this evening. And as you speak to our hearts tonight, may we may we respond to you. Bless this invitation for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together. Let's stand with.